And welcome to The Real Money Show. The number to start investing, one eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com. Make sure you sign up and get the Precious Metal Advisor, the Investor Kit. And there's always information as well right on the website. In fact, the top corner, use the e-store. You can start investing in uh, physical metals right there uh, in your house coat, in the comfort of your own home, on your computer. And a reminder as well, when you invest uh, $5,000 U.S. in RSP account, that's RSP, TFSA, RESP, LIF, RIF, Lira, all of those for every $5,000 invested, you will receive one gram of gold courtesy of the good folks and the good fellows here at Guildhall Wealth. So we'll kick off the show. I know it was a busy week. Uh, Darren, why don't you kick it off for us? Well, thanks, John. It's been a super busy week. I mean, from our perspective, as it usually has been this time of year, we've had just a complete an unbelievable line of clients come to the firm. So first, before we get started, I mean, you have to welcome everybody to the firm. Congratulations to those that have bought in this week, especially those that are buying ahead of the RSP deadline of February 29th. This is a a tremendous opportunity for clients to be able to be in this market, have physical precious metals held in their RSPs or TFSAs, RESPs, and we've done all of them this week. This week is a seemingly very busy week for all sorts of account types, and also a welcome to those that purchased colored diamonds this week, which was a number of folks, and also to those that took bullion home with them or opened up a depository account. We're glad to have you aboard, and as this week comes to an end, we're taping here on Thursday, and we have a completely incredible interview to do today, and I'm excited about it. Uh, Jeremy's going to be interviewing Eden Rachmanoff of the Rachmanoff family and Rachmanoff Diamond Empire, and uh, it is going to be an exciting opportunity for our listeners to get really, really inside the diamond industry, the color diamond industry from one of the industry's foremost analysts and people that understand, own, buy and sell, and uh, we're glad to call him a friend of the show and a friend of Guild Hall. So we're going to get into that shortly as well. But the week that was, John, what an incredible time for silver and gold. We've seen both metals pick up this week. Both are pushing higher gold as we're taping the show right now on Thursday at 1155 an ounce. That's an improvement uh, of 3 to 4% week over week, as well as silver, up to 1487 uh, as we're talking to you right now, and I'm kind of flabbergasted just slightly because this is the highest it's been since December, and this is on growing risk aversion and shifting sentiment that's seeing safety bids come into the marketplace and gain momentum. It's not necessarily indicative of a resumption of the trend higher just yet. We'll have to get a break above, I believe, 1550 in order to confirm that we're going to see the next leg up in this bull market. But it's certainly a good change. And as a result, of course, we can see that people are flowing in, calling, knocking on our door for a little more product. Uh, This is certainly on the heels of several factors which are pointing to increased potential gains in the precious metals arena as investors are forced to basically pivot from yield to quality in an effort to hedge against ongoing turmoil. And, um, you know, you're looking around the world, you're hearing inflation is low, Uh, dragging uh, prices in the metals market certainly confirm that there's no rush prior to this month and certainly leading up to the end of last year. But we've also talked at length, Jeremy and I and Paul, about the tightness in the physical supply chain alongside increased in hedging against uncertainty uh, of monetary policy and central banking issues, which I'm going to talk about today. And of course, these all contribute to higher prices in gold and silver and inevitably 
what we're seeing is a lot of surging volatility around the world. As I'm taping the show on Thursday, Jeremy and I talked about it this morning, and uh, we were discussing the dollar index and how quickly the currencies have started to fluctuate over the last number of days. The number one eight seven seven eight silver to start investing, precious metal advisor, the e-store, and uh, all those options to uh, start investing in some uh, precious metals and physical metals now. Jeremy. Yeah, the currencies, what we're seeing, this is interesting for people who are really following the exchange rate between the Canadian and U.S. dollar. What we're seeing is the exchange rate has improved. And just as we discussed, most likely the the market's really going to start to move based on U.S. dollar weakness, which we started to see, which is why the exchange rate is uh, improved as we're taping this show. And of course, silver is up uh, 2-3% on the week. So what you end up with is that ultimately... Consider what you're paying in Canadian dollars, which right now for a 100-ounce bar, for example, you're in the $22 range, 22 plus, and it's been in that range for quite some time. So we have this opportunity to continue to add to the position, get involved in the market, and think of it as, okay, we're buying at $22 an ounce. If silver were to go to 50 or 75 or $135 and we're, and we're at par, that's a very good very good. Uh, gain in the market. And if the exchange rate stayed where it was, then it's an even greater gain because you're converting back into uh, Canadian dollars once you sell your US dollars. So this is ultimately an opportunity, what we're seeing. And I think what this is leading to is some type of event that's going to occur, and it could be within the next number of months if we see these types of uh, monetary fluctuations continue, and of course the volatility increase overall in the marketplace, and this event might be yet another major meltdown in the stock market, perhaps in the housing industry here in Canada, as we've made point about on a number of shows, and of course if you're part of this community and you want to have some insurance against those types of events occurring, there's no better place to look than to have physical gold, silver, or natural fancy colored diamonds in your portfolio. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver and online to guildhallwealth.com to start investing. Speaking of investing, Jeremy, uh, how does one get involved? How are the different ways to, to, uh, to get started in investing? Yeah, there's different ways to get involved in the market. If if someone is new to the market, one of the best ways to get involved is to simply go online, go to the e-store, call us directly, and get some physical product in your hand. You start to get a sense of what this market's all about once you've gone through uh, the first process of getting into the market and, again, getting some product in your portfolio. Once someone has accumulated enough product where they should be concerned with the security of it and, of course, insurance. I was just speaking to someone the other day who just got uh, a new home and they were looking at insurance and uh, were told that they could only be insured for, I think, three or $4,000 cash and bullion. So we want to have if, – if, if someone is storing more than five, six, seven thousand dollars $7,000 worth of bullion, they should be concerned about that and w- might want to consider some storage. We offer physical storage located in Toronto. We also offer it in Singapore. And what this does is allows people to have it stored in a vault that its only purpose is to store physical product and safely secure that product. It's fully insured, and the customer has access to the product to personally verify it. And this is the same vault that's being used to purchase it within your RSP TFSA. So it is RSP time, but if you already have funds in your RSP and you'd like to utilize those funds towards a hard asset and diversifying your portfolio, then we can do that within an RSP. We're here to assist you. You simply purchase the product outright. 
You get allocation, meaning you're going to get the serial numbers for your bars. We're going to provide that for you. And then again, you can have access to your own product outside the banking system, fully allocated, fully segregated, and you can personally verify your product. So this is one of the best vehicles I've ever seen. And we've been in this market for over 10 years. So I'm really excited about it. And what we're seeing is that the market's excited about it. So Darren, let me ask you this then. If if all things are looking good and we're we're starting to see silver and gold rise in the last couple of months, how do things look? What's the forecast for the short term? Well, from a technical point of view, John, silver prices climbed towards a major technical level this week before slightly retreating back to the downside amid another round of gains in the U.S. dollar. Now, as we approach Thursday, we're seeing that uh, basically given back those gains in the U.S. dollar and the precious metals, uh, gold and silver, have a very inverse correlation with the U.S. dollar and similar to gold, uh, silver is sensitive to price momentums in the currency. And you can see that because today we're looking at a dollar index, which is the US dollar measured against a basket of currencies. We're seeing that index drop below 90 or touching 96, below 97. And it's been as high as almost 100 uh, during this uh, trough in the metals pricing. So right now we expect that Silver is going to climb, but we're not convinced 100% exactly that it'll take off in a bull market. For that to happen, although it's trending within its 50-day moving average range, we're going to have to see it climb back and up and over its 200-day moving average, and uh, that resistance is still uh, about $15 an ounce, and we're going to have to see it get above there and hold at least two closes. So in other words, what what you're saying is is that this is a breakout, undoubtedly, but this might not be the breakout, the one. And, um, you know, don't put your all your eggs in one basket that this is this is the time, this is the run where the market magically takes off to such and such point. And I think that's an important point to make because nothing goes up in a straight line. There's going to be down days. There's going to be up days. Ultimately, I think when we look at the fundamentals of the market and we've looked at them, you know, over the past decade – especially in the last five years where the fundamentals have only gotten stronger for holding physical metal in your portfolio, that, you know, looking at the day-to-day isn't necessarily, should, shouldn't necessarily be the motivation. It's more about, have you explored the reasons to have this in your portfolio? Do you think you should have it? Are you motivated to have it in your portfolio? If that's the case, this is a, this is a good entry point. Yeah, and you're right. The stage is set for further gains in silver prices, Jeremy. Financial markets, we know, do not always behave according to underlying fundamentals, as is the case in silver and gold. But uh, pressure will remain. We will have to see silver and gold in the near term. Uh, In correlation with the U.S. dollar movements, we will have to see them both get stronger to confirm that breakout. But if central banks are forced at all to accommodate monetary policy right now, any further to deal with this rising volatility in the markets or deflation or any problematic, uh, problematic liquidity conditions, the stage is already set from a physical standpoint anyways for a rally higher in silver prices. So if we look at that as one of the key underlying drivers right now, then of course I can understand why so many of our clients are excited about this opportunity and do expect and are behaving uh, to be prepared in, in, in essence getting that insurance policy in place. You have to be excited about a move like what we've been seeing over the past uh, couple of days because ultimately this is, this is the barometer you're seeing weakness in the U.S. dollar and an exact correlation to a move up in, in prices of physical metal. We don't often see that direct correlation. We would expect to see it over time 
But this is one of those rare cases where it's happening instantly. You're seeing weakness in the U.S. dollar and an instant strength in, in precious metals. Well, it's a valid point. And when we come back, I know John's going to take us out here, but uh, we're very excited. We're going to have some discussion on gold certificates and silver certificates today. We're going to discuss a little bit about uh, what happened now that we're 10 years beyond Alan Greenspan's tenure as the head of the Federal Reserve in the U.S. And of course, right after this break, we're going to go to Eden Rachmanoff. We're going to do the colored diamond portion of our show and super excited. So John, if you want to throw the number out and get everybody ready for that, that's going to be exciting. Yeah, Darren, uh, absolutely. The number one eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com. Remember your RRSP room, TFSA. All those accounts can be used now to hold physical gold and silver with Guildhall. More information can be had at uh, guildhallwealth.com. The e-store is in the top right corner. And a reminder, once again, Eden Rachmanoff, the chairman of the board, the president and managing partner of Rachmanoff Diamonds, is uh, coming up in the show. A couple segments due to him. This is information you're going to want to hear, so stick around. Lots more to come on The Real Money Show on Talk Radio, AM six. And back with more of The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver online, in this case, to guildhalldiamonds.com. If you want to check the collection while we're, our interview takes place here in the next little while, we welcome to the show Eden Rachmanoff. He's the chairman of the board and on the board of advisors for the Fancy Color Research Foundation, author as well. Back in 2010, released the Fancy Color Diamond book, working on a uh, follow-up book as well. So during this segment, you want to uh, invest in some diamonds or at least get some help and some education. Listen to this interview. Eden's going to take off here in a moment and go to Guildhall diamonds.com we're here with eden rachmanoff welcome to the show it's uh, great to have you here hi guys how are you we're fantastic we're fantastic we've been you know on the real money show we've been talking about the fancy color research foundation for quite some time we've been very excited about it so we're also very excited to have you here and i know we talked about this last time we were uh, enjoying dinner in vegas so thank you for coming on the show and you know just so our listeners have an idea what is the fcrf well, the Fancy Color Research Foundation is a non-profit organization. Uh, the main goal is to uh, empower Fancy Color Diamond sellers and improve uh, consumer experience through uh, new information channels that were never, I mean, never existed till this point. Another goal is to provide fact-based support for Fancy Color as an asset class as well. All the data uh, that's being collected from the market is um, being audited by one of the biggest um, offices in uh, the accounting offices in uh, New York. The main thing here is to to bring to the market uh, real data uh, based on real facts, not uh, hunches and ideas and all kinds of strange things that you see online, and to bring the real story behind Fancy Color Diamonds. I think this is one of the most exciting parts about it because, you know, up until 2014 when the Fancy Color Research Foundation was established, a lot of people, it was sort of looking in the dark in terms of what figures are. You'd have to believe, yes, these prices or or the values of these things are going up all the time, but there was no way to quantify it. Um, is that is that one of the main aspects, not the aspect, but one of the aspects is to be able to say, yeah. here's here's a certain amount of people who all agree uh, the values are growing. Exactly. I mean, a lot of companies um, said many things, most of them wrong numbers. They presented wrong data and numbers about fancy color diamonds. Each one had his, his own interest. Uh, so one company was focusing on blues and one fo- company focusing on, on pinks. 
So each one showed a different um, kind of interest through their numbers. So for the first time, people can actually go to this uh, foundation that is uh, bringing real data from the market. And um, we're just showing the real numbers. We're just showing the real facts and uh, the, the price change. Um, actually, we show only price trends over the 10 years, last 10 years, and uh, there is an update every three months. Now, you've been in the market for a long time. Have you seen a, a, a difference in trend in the last, let's say, 10 years versus before that in, in, in natural fancy colored diamonds? I know when you and I have talked, you, you've certainly discussed the notion that there's a lot more companies popping up that are dealing in it, but again, not all the correct information. Yeah, right. I mean, the, the big jump, first of all, as you say, fancy color is very, very steady. Um, and if you look at the graph, you see it's the most stable investment ever. If you compare it to gold or any currency or stocks or bonds, it's going up every year very, very moderate. I mean, I would say between 10 to 15%, and it's very stable. It's not, you, won't, you will not see uh, ups and downs. Uh, the only the only ups and downs that we saw are in the yellow category in 2008, where there was a slight drop and it came back very fast. But other than that, blues and pinks are very very stable. Also, uh, vivid yellows and intense. The big jump occurred during 2010 when the Chinese market uh, started to be. Uh, I mean, he was exposed around 2010, yes, to pinks, and then we see a big jump. Um, but other than that, it's very, very stable. And is that is that a is that been the trend? As I mean, you've been in this pretty much your whole life, right? Uh, well, not pretty much your whole life. And yes. has that been the trend the entire time? Yes, absolutely. We're here with Eden Rachmanoff, chairman of the Fancy Color Research Foundation, and um, we're, we're talking about how the prices get set, and oftentimes we see these massive diamonds going at auction. Um, is, this a, is this an indicator for the market, or are these more one-offs? Do they lead the market, or are they in a different league altogether? Well, the auction is very misleading uh, for a couple of reasons. First of all, Stones that are sold at auction represent approximately, and I'm talking about a million dollar plus, they represent between 12 to 15, 15% only from the market. Now, when a wholesaler has a big stone, a very important one, high quality, he will not go to the auction. He will go to his uh, customers, uh, you know, uh, retailers, uh, brands, all those uh, companies. Now, when the stone is not sold, then the auction is your last resort, basically. So the stones that you'll see at auction are not always the highest quality. Sometimes you'll see stones coming from um, private people that somebody passed away in the family and they have uh, heritage and they have, they have to sell it somehow. They have no idea. So you'll see that. Most of the times those stones are going to be chipped we will need to have recut. Um, so when a private is buying stones at the auction, many times he will buy them at a relative cheap price, but he's not getting the best product, if you ask me. So and, and what we see. So and what about those diamonds that we see always breaking records? Are those 
Is, is that a, is that a similar situation? You're seeing, you know, where else can they they sell a, a thirty million dollar diamond? Well, you'll be surprised, but it's it's a record breaking price for auction. But stones, uh, I mean, important stones are being sold at retail at the, the big houses for much more. So it's it's a bit misleading when they say uh, record breaking price. <laughs> so one of the things, you know, talking about about sort of dealers and and the diamond market one of the things i notice working with my father paul is that is that if you don't jump on something it's gone and you never get it you never get that chance again um which to me speaks to the rarity of the diamond um do you find that is an overall approach with dealers that they're wi- that they're ri- willing to jump on those type of opportunities when they find a good quality diamond well, unfortunately, you're right. Um, our biggest, I mean, we are in a war, and the war is to get the stones and not, not to sell them so much. Uh, every stone that we sell, we, we are sorry 10 minutes later because we know that we cannot replace it. So that's the main issue here. Um, and yes, whenever we see, you know, as a manufacturer, when, when I see rough, when, when we see a nice polished stone, we jump on it. We have to buy it uh, because we know it's just a matter of time until we sell it. So we've talked a little bit about how peop- how we see dealers jumping on diamonds, and I know that feeling of once once something sells, it's it's very difficult to replace, and you almost feel uh, you almost feel naked until you can find that next one that comes along. Um, now, the the Fancy Color Research Foundation, you're this is not necessarily for the public at large. This is more for the dealers and retailers to learn about natural fancy color diamonds. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. It's a completely B2B uh, platform, although, you know, if you're a big collector, you can sign in. But most of the information is really for professionals. Um, like I said, B2B. Yeah. And and so so uh, you know I'm starting to notice myself that you see these jewelry stores focusing a little bit on colored diamonds. Yet when you walk in, there's still only a couple in the whole entire store. Is is this a changing thing? Are are, are jewelry stores really starting to to get a feel for these for the value of these and appreciate them rather? Yeah, you can actually see a big change in the last two three years. First of all, the big brands are moving towards uh, fancy color. Um, I don't want to name any name, but, you know, the, the big American brands, uh, the Euro- European brands, uh, if you go to the window, you'll see more and more fancy color diamonds. They understand that this is the place to be. Um, they also don't mind holding stones in inventory for a, for a long time, uh, as opposed to white diamonds. And when you buy white diamonds, you're completely dependent on the price list which is very volatile. And fancy color are holding up price uh, very strong, so they don't mind holding a pink or blue or yellow stone in, in inventory for three, four years. So that's, uh, that's showing a lot of confidence. And um, you have more and more uh, high net worth individuals in the world that want something unique. And there's always a customer for a nice fancy color diamond. So retailers are absolutely... They're completely in that zone. Eden, Darren Long here. I just, on that point, I, I something that came up here that I, I'm not sure we're prepared to discuss, but your your opinion would matter to us greatly on this question. 
When we started getting involved in Color Diamonds and, of course, started attending some of the various shows you need to become professional in this particular industry, we had the luxury of meeting yourself and others with your organization originally back uh, in Las Vegas, one of the largest in the world, the shows there. And I remember us having a discussion briefly at dinner about the importance of understanding the difference between how people treat the diamond industry and the way the future is going to define uh, define colored diamonds differently. And we realized after that point in time, and here's my question, that many of the other associations that we dealt with refused and really danced around the idea of colored diamonds as an investment. I'm interested in your take, not so much on what the future value will be or any of that, but I'm interested in your take on how that relates to this day and age. Is it become more acceptable to use the term investment when you uh, use or talk about colored diamonds in general? Well, yes. We see more and more consumers. I mean, although I'm not working directly with consumers, but I'm getting the feedback from retailers and organizations that the consumer is uh, looking at fancy color diamond as an asset class. I mean, he know, he's holding a house, he wants uh, property, so he's treating fancy color as a property. Now, what's good about this property, it's very easy to um, take it with you anywhere you go. Uh, it holds its value, it's not volatile, and you can pass it on in the family without any paperwork. So yes, to your question, a lot of people are buying, investing money in fancy color. First of all, it's beautiful. You can always put it on your body. You can wear it. And it's, uh, it's an amazing, uh, it's, it's a miniature sculpture that's worth millions of dollars. And uh, it, it will hold your money forever. Eden Rachmanoff, our guest, uh, is on the board of directors for the Fancy Color Research Foundation and author as well. He's going to uh, hang out for a moment here, get into our next segment. We'll be back with Mr. Rachmanoff. In the meantime, the number to start investing is one eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhalldiamonds.com. This is The Real Money Show on Talk Radio, AM640. Back with more of The Real Money Show. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhalldiamonds.com. We continue our interview here. Thank you for hanging out. Uh, Eden Rachmanoff, he's from the Fancy Color Research Foundation. Jeremy. We we notice that people who get involved in the market will often become collectors as well. That they're that some people will will put a toe in the water, and others will will sort of catch the catch the itch, if you will. Um, it, are you seeing demand overall uh, through through the the you know through the information that you're receiving? Are you seeing demand growing? Yes, the, the demand is growing. First of all, because there is a big awareness for fancy color in the last. A few years, like I said, so uh, and there is a huge shortage in the market, basically. So the demand is always uh, higher than the offering. Right. It's, it's it's difficult to say how big is the demand because we're always back. I mean, we're always uh, uh, behind the, the the offering, but the demand is huge. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so, I guess is it is is this still a best kept secret? Would you still consider this a best-kept secret? <laughs> well, for me, it's not a secret. I face this fact every day. <laughs> yeah, I guess for the consumer that is not aware of what's happening in the market, I guess it's a secret, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, there's not a lot of information on, on colored diamonds. It's, it's not like you can go to, um, you know, a bookstore and just pick up a book on natural fancy colored diamonds. However, obviously, you did write one, um, and... Uh, 
this is a good place to learn about natural fancy color diamonds. If you were in a room with someone who had never heard of natural fancy color diamonds, how, how would you begin to explain the rarity of them? Wow, that's a big question. I don't want to make it too long, but, you know, basically most diamonds are 150 to 600 kilometers underneath our feet, and there's no way we can reach this depth. Most of the mines that we have on the surface of, of, the, of this planet are going to be, I mean, they're going to be finished very soon. When I say soon, it's between 40 to 50 years from now. And, and then we're going to start seeing only the secondary market. As far as rarity, I, would just, I want to tell you something. The average rough stone in the world is 17 points, which means the average polished stone is 6 points. So when you talk about the 70-point pink, let's understand how rare it is. Only one out of a fraction of a percent of all diamonds is fancy colored diamonds. 80% of all diamonds that come from the earth are industrial. So it's only 20% are gem quality. And from that small percentage, a fraction is fancy color. So when we talk about rarity, it's extremely rare. People, are, people don't understand because they see them in the window from time to time. But what you see is basically is this is it. I mean, I can talk to you about rarity for an hour, but it's, <laughs> I don't want to bore you with numbers. Well, I, you know, just hearing that aspect alone um, was uh, was exciting to, to, to hear about. So it, what's what's next for the Fancy Color Research Foundation? I noticed that you have um, a contributors page where I think we're going to start showing some of the quotes from some of the dealers. But where do you see uh, the Fancy Color Research Foundation headed next? Well, we're going to launch a very interesting product that's going to show you. Uh, it, it's a rarity calculator, estimator, uh, that you're going to put the data of your stone and it can show you how rare it is, meaning uh, one out of how many yellows or one out of how many pinks or blues and how frequent, how frequent it will be in the market. Let's say once every two years, once five times a year, you can see a stone like this. So it, it will really give you a, a three-dimensional a feeling of how rare it is, and we're going to launch a um, auction calculator that when you go to auction, it gives you the exact budget, you know, because it's very complicated to uh, to estimate the, the price that you actually have to pay. I don't know if people are aware, but when you go to Christie's or Sotheby's, if you're bidding, uh, let's say, a million dollars, you end up paying 1.3 million because you have to pay the commission. It's very complicated, so we're going to we're launching this calculator as well. Uh, and there are many, many other products that are going to come with, uh, through the foundation. Excellent. We look forward to that. Well, it's, you know what? Before we go, Eden, I wanted to also just mention one question that I had as well. And that is, what is your opinion about the approach one should take to colored diamonds? Ours has always been since day one that this is not something a short-term buyer should get involved in. What's your take on holding a colored diamond if I wanted to buy one, investor or not? That's a very good question. Um, well, like I said, it's a property that you need to hold because there's no way the price is going to go down. I will never promise anything, but I, would, I, would, can, I can definitely uh, promise that the, the price is going to be stable. We see, in fact, that the price is going up all the time, but it happens slowly. 
And I would rather invest something that is stable and goes up slowly than something that is, you know, jumping high and it's very volatile because if something goes up very fast, it will fall down very fast. So this is what I like about fancy color because it's very stable again. And I would, uh, listen, I, I treat diamonds as a beautiful object. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful crystal. It's difficult for me to talk about investment, although it's a great investment. Because I'm selling really beauty. I'm, 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 I'm selling, you know, it's a beautiful object. But, yes, uh, it's definitely a very good investment, and you need patience. You need to wait four, five, six years until you can make uh, serious money. And I guess the last question I have, and this is open-ended, so if uh, you can shed some light on this, it would be great. We have spent a great deal of time in trying to understand certain color uh, combinations of diamonds and things a lot better than the average um, retailer. And one of those colors that we've tried to invest a, a great deal of time in is the pink. And of course, as you well know, and you've written about and talked about extensively, uh, it's one of the colors along with reds and blues that are very, very popular and have you know, had a great track record, have had no drops in value and really do uh, stand the test of time. Can you offer our listeners any insight on what you think is going to develop in the pink market uh, over the next, say, five to 10 years? For example, I don't want to put you on the spot and say, pin you down for pricing or anything like that. But if we knew that one of the major suppliers in the market was no longer going to be be able to offer the same quality uh, or quantity of pink diamonds that they had, is this something that you see coming to fruition, perhaps, uh, you know, a price spike or perhaps uh, at the wholesale level uh, getting more difficult to acquire year by year? Wow, uh, that's a big question. I would say, I mean, the demand for pink is going to stay here forever because it's the most feminine color you can have. And ladies love pink. Well, I don't know how... how um, let, let me just say that. You don't have to wait till one mine is uh, finished. I mean, it's going to run over... Uh, I mean, the, the demand is so big for pink that... Uh, and it's growing all the time because the Chinese market is looking for pink color all the time. So you don't need to wait till one mine is going to shut down. So, I mean, if you have the money and you have the budget uh, to invest, pink is definitely one of the most uh, safest uh, investments. Eden, I want to thank you so much for joining us here on, on The Real Money Show. And how would anyone want to get in touch with you if they do want to uh, inquire about the Fancy Color Research Foundation or, of course, uh, get a copy of the book? Uh, the first book is sold out, by the way, so we don't have any more from the first book. But the second book is coming out. It's going to be The Architecture of Price. We explain there how, uh, how you actually build the price, the um, conceptual uh, estimation. It's, uh, it's going to be very interesting. Wonderful. Thank you again for joining us here on The Real Money Show, and we look forward to talking with you soon. You're very welcome. And we'll take a quick break, guys. One eight seven seven eight silver is the number to start investing. Go to guildhallwealth.com or guildhalldiamonds.com, as we mentioned over the last two segments, to have a look at the Guildhall collection. Uh, lots more information to come. We'll remind you as well how you can use your RSP room and your registered accounts to get involved and get investing in physical metals. Lots more of The Real Money Show coming right up here on Talk Radio, AM 640. 
And back with more of The Real Money Show, one eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com. Darren, got to love the last two segments. Eden Rachmanoff from the Fancy Color Research Foundation. What a breadth of knowledge on that guy. For anybody thinking about uh, investing in natural fancy color diamonds, this was the interview uh, to catch on The Real Money Show for sure. Well, John, I couldn't agree with you more. That segment was incredible. It was an awesome opportunity for our listening audience and all the people that have been investing with Guildhall for a number of years to get to know Eden. He's uh, well-established in the diamond industry. He's well-respected. And he's been at the forefront of this FCRF since day one as the advisory board chairperson. So again, thank you to Eden for coming and taking the time to speak with us. Of course, he's overseas right now and, um, you know, he's busy and we get to see him, the opportunity to meet with him. And we've been doing that for a number of years and it's the first time he's been on the show. So hopefully not the last, but with respect to diamonds in general, I think the most important thing to take away from that is how Eden finds value in understanding some very basic concepts as an investor in what owning a colored diamond is all about. The first one is longevity. There is a track record that is extending back now some three decades that has undoubtedly determined 100% unequivocally without any doubt that colored diamonds is ultimately a good investment, that the prices have continued to go much higher and that you will continue to see that. He said in his interview uh, that the colored diamond market has experienced very little in the way of fluctuation and the only fluctuation that was experienced in price was a brief uh, drop in pricing below um, intense and in, in fancy yellows back in 2008, 2009. So again, when the rest of the world fell apart for a brief moment, you saw some uh, lower pricing at a wholesale level in colored diamonds. That does not mean at the level the investors are buying them at, but at the wholesale level. Another important thing that he mentioned in this interview was that there is a misunderstanding, not so much a misunderstanding, but perhaps not enough focus as an investor put on understanding what rarity means when it relates to colored diamonds. He said in that interview that the average rough diamond or raw stone coming out of the ground is 0.17 in size. That's 0.17 carats. That's not even a fifth of a carat size. The average polished stone is 0.06. And of all diamonds coming out of the ground, white and colored, 80% of those diamonds are used in industrial applications, leaving just 20% of those diamonds gem quality. And of the 20%, a very small, well, less than 1%, a fraction of of that, like I think it's about 1% or less than 1% is colored. And you can go to gia.edu, that's the Gemology Institute of America, .education, and uh, there's lots of articles now on natural fancy colored diamonds. One is by Russell Shore, one of their senior analysts, or the senior analyst, and he's he's talked about that, how a fraction of diamonds are achieve these qualities of VS quality or, or even better. And when you start to run those numbers, you can see why dealers and investors just jump on colored diamonds because if you don't buy it, you're not going to see it again. And we, we've had that experience, Darren, at, at Guildhall over and over again where it's interesting where a diamond might not, you know, you put it up on the site, you're holding it, okay, a year goes by and it's almost, so what? I mean, it, it sells when it sells and when it does, it's, that's it. We, the replacement, 
trying to f replace those diamonds is impossible. I mean, I can think of a one carat intense pink, can think of that eight one tender pink intense. Um, We've never had a tender stone since. Vivid, vivid yellows that go, and each one is individual. Each one's so beautiful, and um, you know there was a time where one point seven five two carat vivids were, uh, and we're talking internally flawless at this point. Were were more. I don't want to say readily available, but they were around. Now they're just not around. And of course, he mentioned also too to understand that as an investor, it's not something you buy today in order to flip tomorrow. Sometimes when you go to our website, you may see that there is quite a decent collection of vivid yellows and internally flawless. But what people don't understand is it took a number of years to get uh, big enough as a firm in order to go into the marketplace and acquire those and also in developing those relationships around the world. And I do mean around the world. It's a global enterprise that uh, it is often those friendships and relationships that we've got at the wholesale level that have given us the ability to go out and buy those diamonds for you, the investor. And he also said he didn't. In fact, he used the word guarantee. So we can take that for what it's worth, but we believe the same thing. Buying a colored diamond is almost a guarantee that you'll never lose a penny of your principal payment. And I don't know how many investments I could point to, stock markets, classic collectible cars, artwork, colored diamonds, gold. So I don't know how many investments I could point to in the world, probably a fraction that would be able to say your principal is protected, but the return you're getting, the potential of return is astronomical. In one year, a pink diamond, given the right set of circumstances, could rise as much as 30% or more. And what could you get in this day and age that protects your principal but gives you that potential down the road? It's an amazing thing. Yeah, Darren, I'll remind everybody again of the phone number to start investing as we continue here. one eight seven seven eight silver and the website is guildhallwealth.com. Jeremy. It's really about stability. And on The Real Money Show, we're talking about ways to protect your capital and grow your capital. And stability is one way to go. Natural fancy colored diamonds are an incredibly stable asset because they're naturally rare. They're also quite beautiful. And because the demand is growing all the time, population's growing all the time, uh, wealth around the world is growing all the time. We're talking, uh, Eden was talking specifically about the growth in China, and I think their GDP is at 6% or something this year. So that, that we would kill for that type of growth. <clears throat> but at the end of the day, this is about protecting capital, growing capital. And one of the other ways to do that, of course, is precious metals. They've been around for thousands of years, as have diamonds and natural fancy color diamonds. Uh, I guess that's more new in, in the last few um, millennium. But gold and silver, a great way to protect your wealth. And we do see that people are starting to move towards this way of protecting their wealth because you can print money as much as you want. You can build the debts as much as you want. Who's doing that? A government that's getting reelected every four years. That's really long-term thinking. What do you think their answer is going to be to everything? You, you can go on zero hedge, for instance. Every other report's going to be about, uh, about negative interest rates. We already saw Japan go to negative interest rates, and this was after Europe did it last year. They're talking about it in Canada. They're talking about it in the U.S. This is the failure of central banking. And when there's a failure in central banking, the government's going to come after people for, for, to pay the bill. 
whether that's raising taxes or what we've seen in the last decade or so, which is just simply inflation. And I think we want to talk about central bankers and and its pivoting role here in understanding that maybe it's time to not follow the narrative that they're pushing on mainstream media. And it's time to say, well, maybe there is an alternative and maybe there's another way to protect and grow my wealth. If you protect first, then you're prepared for, for the next stage. Well, listen, if you like central banks, then you must enjoy unemployment, crashing economies. I mean, a wave of bankruptcies and half of the world's assets owned by only a few people because that's what central banks have essentially done. Now, does that mean I bet against the banks? It doesn't. Unfortunately, they're in control. And you're right. This does play a role in where gold and silver go. And of course, to, uh, to, that, to that end, also color diamonds. But getting back to gold and silver, This is probably one of the most uh, incredible themes that we've discussed at The Real Money Show over the number of years that we've been on the air, and that is what central banks have done. Their misinformed guidance on the economy as a large has benefited only a small percentage of people around the world. And unfortunately, those are not the average listeners like we're talking about with, uh, with respect to The Real Money Show. The central bank has created these silver and gold rallies. Essentially, their policies have provided people with an opportunity to get into these markets because of fear-mongering, because of the idea that things have been misrepresented. And of course, time and time again, we've seen central banks decide to bail out their countries involved, and that has led to nothing more than uh, a less than exciting rebound in the case of the U.S. and certainly here to some extent in Canada because we're not seeing job growth. We're not seeing unemployment coming down. We're not seeing the economy grow as a whole and we're certainly not seeing bankruptcies slow down. And of course, the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer. We've we're alive in a time and a space in which we as guinea pigs are part of a huge science experiment. And to that end, this is the first time since I've been alive in some 40 plus years that the middle class has shrunk as opposed to grown. And at a time when the baby boomers are starting to hit the marketplace, I can think of no better place to have money as an insurance policy than in hard assets like gold, silver, and colored diamonds. Yeah, we say it each week, Darren, and to start, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and online to guildhallwealth.com. Jeremy? It's the calamity rebate. It's the inflation rebate. It's having the insurance in your portfolio before the crash happens. And what we're seeing right now is that governments, they're in uncharted territory. We've been saying this for for. For eons on the show, they really are in uncharted territory. We don't know how this is going to exactly play out. But when you've got a stock market that's based on just creating money out of thin air and hoping that it creates the wealth effect, and when you look at the numbers, you know anyone can listen to Peter Schiff's podcast or read some of his newsletters to see some of the real numbers that are out there and why he's so adamant that there's going to be a big recession coming and it's going to be worse than 2008 what and he did predict that in 2008 the the housing collapse you know do you really want to take that chance and this is my opinion but take the chance that the that the fed is right and if things go the other way they're just going to say oh i was wrong what we're seeing is people are starting to say i don't quite know what's going on but i'm not i have a bad feeling and i know that gold and silver are a great way to hold and protect wealth and capital. And so what we do at Guildhall is we allow people to purchase physical precious metals, whether it's in an RSP, TFSA, LIF, RIF, etc., 
or they can just simply buy it and take it home. Or there also is the possibility uh, that you could explore of having it held in a depository, whether it's in Toronto. Uh, we also have one in Delaware. You can also store it uh, overseas. And we can assist you with, with anywhere you want to store your physical precious metals that is stored for you outside the banking system, fully allocated, fully segregated, zero counterparty risk. And this is what you want in a defensive part of your portfolio is zero counterparty risk. Now, Darren, you were going to talk about certificates. I was, and I'll do it quickly because we only have a few minutes left and I wanted to squeeze in something about uh, Chairman Greenspan there, Mr. Ellen Greenspan. But gold certificates is what I'm on this week. I had a client call in, potential client, and say, look, I bought 528 ounces of gold with CIBC. We're awaiting the outcome of his call back to the bank to find out whether or not he could actually realize his physical holdings because all he wants to do is take his physical holdings that were supposed to be backed, uh, backing the certificate that he bought at a much cheaper price, and he wants to bring that physical, uh, those physical holdings over to our depository to have them properly stored and managed. Essentially, what he has as a choice right now before him is to, one, liquidate his holdings, in which case he's forced to realize capital gains because he's way up in price, or two, suffer and have the ill-fated gold certificate for the long term. Now, gold certificates aren't all negative, but I will say this in the short term. They are only a piece of paper. There's no way for you to check or to figure out or to see or hold the gold or silver that they are supposed to, uh, that is supposed to back those certificates. Number two, they are non-transferable. I can't give them to my brother, sister, aunt, uncle. And number three, in times of uncertainty, if I need that physical product, odds are I'm not going to get it. What I'm saying, folks, is read the fine print always. We didn't get to the Greenspan discussion, but uh, 10 years ago this week, he ended his term, and I have some very important things I want to talk about. I'll bring it to the next show, but uh, we want to thank everybody for listening today, and I'll pass over to John, and we'll see you guys next week. Yeah, another great show, Darren. And once again, thanks to Eden Rachmanoff, the chairman and uh, involved with the Fancy Color Research Foundation for his input on natural fancy color diamonds. Again, start investing in any of these products, these hard assets, one eight seven seven eight silver and guildhallwealth.com as well. When you're uh, using your RSP or your TFSA, Lift, Riff, Lira, RESP room is registered accounts. Uh, once you invest $5,000 US or more in one of those accounts, you will receive one gram of gold courtesy of Guildhall. Another fun-filled show. We'll do it again next week. As you know, The Real Money Show right here on Talk Radio, AM 640.